0: Hi, Fashion Hotline. Hi, this Easter I'm on the hunt. For eggs? For new styles, my family can wear to brunch. Get to Old Navy! Old Navy? Yep, right now. Get a huge 50% off your entire purchase in store. Everything you need, like dresses, polos, and shorts, is 50% off. 50% off? You must be hiding something. Dresses start at just $12 for women, $10 for girls. But Easter's just three days away. Then hop to it. It's in stores only. Don't tell the Easter bunny. Hurry in for 50% off your entire purchase in stores only. Now at Old Navy. Valid 418 to 420 in stores only. Excludes in store clearance, gift cards, register lane items, jewelry today, only and two day only deals.
1: The following is a Zema Podcasting Network production.
0: He did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash.
1: It got all in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster. Mash. Good evening ladies and gentlemen, it is the final episode of the Monsters at Midnight podcast for Saturday, October 29th of 2016 and joining me for the very last time, at least for this year, is Matt Schaefer. Howdy folks. Come on. Howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> howdy, howdy, howdy. I was I was trying to do like Captain Spaulding, but then I re- remembered that I knew, no like absolutely nothing, like what he's at, <laughs> except for when he's in the car with the kid. Yes. You like clowns? Why don't we make yeah, you laugh? laugh? Aren't we fucking funny? <laughs> we're just going to uh we're going to fuck around this last entire episode. I'm excited. No. Um, it's been a journey. We were remarking how like long ago it feels already since I we started I had a this. breakdown. It, it was it was not pretty.
0: I uh started
1: flogging himself in some kind of penitentiary. I'm fucked up, man. So bad. <laughs> um well, thank everybody. Thank you to everybody who made us the we're the top goddamn result on speaker.com Yeah, when you when you, when you log click. in, you see our animated mugs. Yeah, we're even like though fucking jerk offs. Is what we even look. though I look like a fat John Lennon, and I'm not <laughs> I'm not sure who you look like, but know. it's not really you. <laughs> it's some other dude. I, like so, the I still did, like, love that drawing, though. It's it's so funny. It looks like Fat <laughs> John Lennon. I never. I think I've heard you say that because it's, before, it's the round glasses. I don't wear round glasses. You do in this world, oh, yeah. um, in the animated world. Uh, <laughs> all the times we've done this live, I've like never worn glasses. Anyway. This isn't live. I know. I'm. Just, I mean, it, it is like, so- <laughs> No, all the times we've done like a, a Facebook live, like f- videotaped it, I've never worn glasses. Well, that's a problem on your end. Not really. So that's a U problem. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> um, anyway, we got a great show for you today to end the entire show for this year. Uh, we're going to be talking about our reaction to Don't Breathe. We just watched it yesterday, so we'll start off uh, with a. <laughs> last, last night, actually. Uh, we will start off with our thoughts on that. I know some people have heavier opinions that are in this vicinity right now, but. Um, I think you should th- start this one off. I think off. it's safer to. Uh, I think it's safer if we keep the person I'm talking about right now away from the microphone when we talk about this movie he's gone he like went out okay um and then we're gonna be doing the big unveiling well actually no we'll I'll rearrange this here just for uh for build up's sake. We're gonna be talking about horror video games mm. including Friday nights at Freddy's. Mm. and get that uh, hashtag yes that hashtag clickbait money yes oh shit and, that uh, that was our secret now that you know. our secret Fuck. uh and then we will also be wrapping everything up with the big grand finale uh, ranking our favorite horror movies ever which will cap everything off and then we will sign off to you most likely till next year although there is a possibility unless this, if this thing builds up we might do a monthly edition of this show there is a slight chance. I can't oh, guarantee anything. I didn't even know about that. Yeah. Well, now you know. No. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't communicate with anybody. Just, <laughs> we just kind of do it. Um, no. But that. That we'll see how that all works out. Um. All right. So we'll kick things off here with our thoughts on "Don't Breathe." Don't see, breathe. We saw this last night. I want you to start this one off because you have far, far heavier opinions than me. So, All right, so let me, let me talk about this film. So I was very excited to see this film because I hadn't seen it during the summer because I'm a failure. Um, I didn't either. Yeah, okay, well, we're both failures then. But I, 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 I went into it with a clear mind, as I do with every film, or try to at least. And, uh, and I was really getting into it in the beginning. I mean, that movie kicks off... It doesn't waste too much time really getting to the center of the film, I mean, which is both a good and bad part of the movie, and I'll tell you why in a minute. And I'm really... I'm jiving with the film. And right around the three-quarters in mark, the film starts to lose a bit of steam. And then this is where the film kind of collapses for me, is the way it's tied up. Now, I don't want to spoil anything, despite the fact I just spoiled Walking Dead on Living the Dream podcast, but regardless. I don't think you can really spoil that at all, though. If you just go onto Facebook, it's everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's at this point you can't really spoil it, but without spoiling this movie, I will say um, the ending is, to me, the weakest element of this film, and it is a classic example of a film that doesn't know when to call it quits. It's, it feels a need to continue on when it really doesn't have much else to say. Mm. It's, it set, it's set said it's, it's, said its piece. It would be perfect if they had at, wrapped it up when, you know, probably three or, three or four scenes before. But, regardless, um, well, let me, let me, first of all, I'll go into the good about the film. And I'll go into bad and I'll give my overall thoughts. So the good things about the film, um, I like Stephen Lang. <laughs> Stephen Lang is good. It's good. It's good. It's a. It's cinematography wise, it's one of the better shot modern day horror movies mm. that I've seen in a long time. It's, it's not very common that you see a, a film try to utilize visual style that's mm-hmm. in the horror genre, at least nowadays. Um, that's kind of a lost art. Um, it's very. It's entertaining. I mean, at the end of the day, I walked out of it and I I had an entertaining time. I was engaged the entire time, whether I was frustrated with the film or not. So those I can say are a credit. I thought that the lead lead actors did a fine job. Um, they're younger, but they they gave a they gave a solid performance performances, I should say. The bad parts of it, without going into spoilers, though, is like I said, the ending that that could have been wrapped three or four scenes before, um, three or four scenes before it ended up actually wrapping up. And there's there's a point in this film where. And this is coming from a guy who's all into the Fast and Furious franchise. You want to talk about suspension of disbelief. <laughs> but suspension of disbelief, you're gonna have to put it on at about the the last quarter of the film mark. Because there are some scenes in here that just to me are ridiculous and how and how kind of the decision making of the characters, like I said without spoiling it, doesn't it doesn't add up. There's some there's just quick I mean, I guess you could play it off like while well, they're in the heat of the moment, you know. There's sometimes you can't think clearly, but there's just some decisions that they that the main characters make that um, I felt really didn't make a whole lot of sense, and then right at the end, um, the writing is what kind of collapsed it. Um, there are two moments I think really that I think were really weak spots at the end. Um, it's so hard to not spoil it, but. That being said, when I look at a film I, and I come up with my overall review, there's uh, several factors, but the, the main factors that I that I use in, in giving my overall impressions of a film are, well, the, how much does the good versus the bad outweigh each other? Do our, is it more, did I have more good notes to say about it versus bad and whatnot? Also, what was my overall entertainment in it with the film? Um... My overall subjective entertainment. Because you can look at things in a lot of objective ways. But at the end of the day, were you entertained? So I give it credit. It entertained me. However, I think for the amount of good elements that I saw in this movie. There were equally amount of bad elements. That really took me out of the film. And, and made me go, come on. Like, come on. Like, I'm a horror fan. But the, the shtick starts to get old after a while. And I've been saying this for a lot of more more modern day horror movies. Um, the shtick gets old after a while. So... I'm going to give it a solid three out of five. Um, I think it's a good rental, but um, if it ever play, if you're around Halloween and they're playing at a theater or whatever, I don't think spending a ridiculous. I don't. I, I should say this when it comes out. I think it's already out on DVD. If I'm not it's mistaken, coming out in like mid-November. I wouldn't pay full price for the DVD. I would either wait till it's cheaper or rent it because I don't know if it's quite worth having on your shelf. But that's just my opinion. I'll turn it over to Matt. Um. No, in a lot of ways, I really do agree with you. And, like, last night... Last night, I kind of left disappointed with what I got, because I was super stoked for this movie. The director and writer, uh, Fede Alvarez, did the Evil Dead reboot in 2013. And while I have problems with that movie, too, I thought it was a solid, gruesome... Excuse me, red-blooded horror film... And it really showed that he had promise as a director in the genre. Excuse me, gassy tonight. Um, that being said, I've a- actually had a f- not really a change of heart on the film, but I think I was too critical going, coming out of it. I agree with basically everything that Graham said. There are a lot of things in this movie that are silly, don't make sense, and don't work well in terms of the gritty realism that this is supposed to be portraying. However, I just for some reason wasn't as bothered by it as Graham was and a few of our other friends were. I was I was engaged the whole time. As a thriller, it it put its hooks in me and i was having a fun time i was intrigued the whole time ready to see which uh way it would twist and turn because it's an interest it's a really interesting concept to be to go from not like go from sympathizing with this blind old man to Re-evaluating your whole opinion on the situation about halfway through the film—it's a really interesting movie that really toys with you. Um, is it perfect? Hell no. Um, a lot. It's just—it is what it. If you go into it with a mindset that you are watching a late-night B-movie exploitation film, you're going to have a blast. While it isn't as campy as a lot of B-movies and it pl- tries to play it more serious th- it for some reason just didn't bother me as much um, my initial review coming out of or rating coming out of it was a 3 I bumped it up to a 4 but I'm not sure if that's too generous so we'll just play it safe and say 3.5 is where I fall for sure Definitely. I feel like some days I will like it more and some days I will like it less. Um, you brought up an excellent point. Uh, an excellent point. About the, the, cause the... All of that wouldn't bother me. A lot of the problems I have with it if it wasn't going for that gritty realism. Right. If you were really being just the overtop campy, it's like, all right, this is ridiculous. I'm fine with it. But the fact that you're shooting for that gritty realism, that's when I have issues. And that's... And that's definitely fair. I have a lot of the same... This this movie is far weaker than his Evil Dead reboot, but I have a lot of the same problems where he's trying to play it so razor-sharp and so just darkly serious. And, and like, that's just his style. And, like you said, a lot of the times the situation doesn't work or doesn't pan out as well as it should in this film when things are happening that don't necessarily make sense it probably would benefit from like uh well i hate to like just say this off of his his hit film blair witch but it probably would benefit if like adam wingard got this script that would be a good idea it would be it would be like, he would find more of the dark comedy aspects in it because Fede Alvarez is just a brutal horror director. He's into that classic grindhouse. He, just, he is. He wants to. He went for that gore, I guess I should say. Yeah. And not so much in this movie. There wasn't a whole lot of gore yeah. in this movie. It's definitely uncomfortable and tense, the whole movie. But he really he wants to shock you. Which is where that like the I mean that's where the exploitation genre came from, wanting to shock, wanting to get your tongue tongue moving about Exploiting the film. Exploiting you. Exploiting you. So but like like I said, like I acknowledge all the problems that the film had. I just for some reason didn't bother me as much. Yeah. Well that's fair. Um I, I yeah, I definitely think he, a lot of it does benefit from the fact that I was entertained by it, so I s oh. and I still stand by the fact that like if once he nails down his writing and whatever he wants to do, I still think he's going to be a very successful horror director. Oh yeah. He and Adam Wingard. Yeah. James Wan, they're gonna kinda run that whole ship. Um Has James Wan done anything since the first saw? James Wan? He made the conjuring. Oh he did? Um, Insidious one, two. Oh, he's a big. I mean, oh, big okay. horror director. I honestly, um, I honestly did not know that. Made Sinister Ten. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, that was Scott Derrickson. I don't know what Scott's made recently, but uh, uh, anyway. So that is Don't Breathe. Um, obviously, like I said, Matt and I have a little bit of different opinions, but we're still on the same page in a lot of in a lot of ways yeah. as well. I would say if you're a fan of the Evil Dead re- remake, it's worth checking out. If you're a fan of like late night movies, it's still worth checking out. I think. Yeah, if you're yeah. looking for, if you if you're looking for the horror masterpiece that a lot of people, a lot of critics painted this to be, it's not there. Check out Green Room. I I hear Green Room is phenomenal. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Seen I I, I really want to see Green Room. It's very green. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> That's it. That's it. I'm retiring now. After that comment, there's no way it can come back to the airwaves. Um, you know, we we brought up Adam Wingard and like uh, just like styles and stuff. It reminded me last night when we went out, they were watching uh, VHS. Who's oh they were watching VHS? Last they were night. watching VHS. Yeah. Was it the first one? Or the first one. Wow. And it was just like, and there were like so many moments of that movie that I completely forgot about and like it makes me want to rewatch it because there are some really solid elements within VHS. Yeah, there's some See, that fucking last. That last short is great. That, is that, is that short, the Wingard one? Yeah, that is my all-time favorite probably short film. That's great. Because it's so haunt. It's so like that the, the problem my other my problems with like the VHS tapes was that there's only two of them that I could say are really based in reality in yeah. terms of like you actually feel like you're there. Yeah. Yeah. The second tape, which is the honeymoon one, which oh, I really yeah. like that tie, The Oh, the Ty West one. That one gets a lot of shit, and I don't understand. I, I think that one's good. I think that one's far superior to the one that happens in the woods. Like, oh, uh, with the killer in the camera that or was whatever. a cool concept. It's an interesting concept, executed. but, yeah, they executed it with just, like, all the typical, like, Friday the 13th cliches yes. that it, you come to expect. It was almost like it was a parody. Yeah. Um, Maybe it was supposed to be. I don't know. I thought they were going to go the Blair Witch route once they went to the, the right. supermarket and they said they were going out the, the woods. I'm like, I don't know what the hell this movie is anymore. Right. I'm trying to think if there was any other ones that I'm missing. Uh, I think like oh the, the alien one with their, the um in the house she's on Skype. Oh that one's that one I wanted to like more than it's I. It's terrifying. Ended up points doing. and then like you get to the end and you're like wow that was not worth any right of yeah. But that last one is just phenomenal. It's it, it, The, last, it's, it's one is, the so, last one is worth it. If you can just, like, you probably just, like, find that segment alone and watch it. Yeah, watch you, you'll it. Have it's a great good. time. Um, but that movie's kind of fun to bust out. Excuse me. That one's kind of fun to bust out around Halloween, regardless, because it's so many, like, homages and styles of horror movie in yeah. one movie. But then I would just say, watch a better anthology movie, like, I hear Trick or Treat is an anthology movie. Just watch okay, that yeah. then. Yeah. Um, there are like elements of VHS that I think are. Re- I think the wraparound really story is really weak. Yeah, the wraparound story makes no sense and doesn't serve a purpose at all. It'd because be, be- they, they didn't need it. No, it would because be- at first I thought I was like, okay, I, I, this could be interesting where they go with this, but it went and, at, no. nowhere. It no. just went no. It would have been better if they just like if they just like established like chapter one. Mm-hmm. you get a succubus bitch in the hotel mm-hmm. chapter two the honeymoon it's like it It would have been fine no one would have cared if they didn't yeah. have that wraparound in fact, I think story a lot of people probably liked it a lot more yeah they were distracted like where's that wraparound story? no yeah there is there are a lot of good elements in vhs as a whole it's kind of messy though for me yeah. um okay so have you seen the sequels i've seen two i have not seen viral i hear viral's awful we oh, know i have seen viral viral is terrible yeah, no, two did not get me the wall. It has that's a movie that is has less positive qualities, but it's very similar to VHS. Is like okay, there's some stuff that works here, right? Some cool shorts, but overall as a whole, it's not a very well put together piece at all. Okay, uh, I a lot of people like the second one better. I still think the first one's the best. Yeah, so I hear that a lot too. Maybe I think. A lot of people I hear though are just like casual horror movie fans. They're like, "Oh, the second one is so much more fucked up," and then they're like, "That's why they like it." Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's not how you. That's not personally how I base. That's not mind. how I gauge a horror movie at all. If then, if I did that, Saw three D would be the most. <laughs> hostile would be my favorite movie. Um, have you seen Hostel? Yep. Seen Hostel one. Is, is it? It's, it's entertaining. It's entertaining. It's really stupid. It's like it's like it's Eli Roth. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, like I I have nothing against Eli Roth because. At the end of the day, I'll probably end up making his type of movies, but I, I personally, I, I think it's a fun movie to watch around Halloween because they had that on display with the other horror movies at the campus library. I was thinking about renting it, but it's I, fun. I would watch it if it's a fun like late night midnight right. horror film. I think that's, that's wh- what his goal was. Was that's well, you know, Eli Roth is definitely influenced by exploitation and grindhouse cinema as well. Even like what was his last movie, The Green Inferno, mm-hmm. the one about the cannibals. Yep, that. I hear that's, like, straight out of, like, the mid-'80s, just, like, yeah. exploitation. He's definitely got his influences. Um, I really want him to make a feature-length Thanksgiving movie based off of that grind- fake Grindhouse trailer. He should be the one to remake uh, Halloween. He should direct the Halloween movie. Uh, no, it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It'd just be Rob Zombie's Halloween all over again. I mean this they, they would have JC Adam Wingard would it, be the best one probably. Adam Wingard would do well or Ty West. Ty West. yeah. if you House of the Devil, Prime is a prime example. Ty West should be directing this Halloween remake. Yeah. Especially reboot, it would, whatever the fuck reboot remake it. whatever they want to call it, especially if John Carpenter is producing it and he is going to have a hand in the moves. Ty West would be prime to do it. I think James Wan would be a good one too. see I haven't seen any of his other movies except like, for Saw. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, if you've seen The Conjuring, then you've seen James Wan. I haven't seen The Conjuring. You haven't seen The Conjuring? No, I haven't seen The Conjuring. I mean, failure. <laughs> I didn't think I never implied that I'd seen The Conjuring. <laughs> oh, maybe that was Charlie. that was Charlie. I'm trying to take these damn shoes off. Um, okay. Anyway, moving into uh you know, all things horror movies obviously and 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 entertainment and media. <clears throat> we have horror video games. Yeah. Um, the docket, let me do a play a little transition music here. I never thought I would hear that again. And you did. And, <laughs> and uh, and you hear this too. Let hey, fuck you, oh man! Oh my god. <laughs> Played that during Living the Dream, I'll just, I'll tell you that much. I, was, I mean, those are handy tools to just have around now that you have them. There you go. It's oh, shit! Um, Perfect. I just turned off. How for our viewer base? Um, okay, yeah, put in that hashtag. They'll yeah, hashtag. Let's still see it. Uh, but we have to actually use the the hashtag effectively this time because we're going to be talking about horror video games, and there's plenty of them out there. A lot, especially with the uprise of the indie development and the. Like Slender Man. Slender Man. That was kind of the the kickstart to indie horror. And then, of course, The Phenomenon, which is Five Nights at Freddy's. See, I of see where we're going to talk about it. There Did you go. ever play it? No, but I've watched enough gameplay to get the gist that I would, like, not like it. Not like it, like, not because it's, like... Bad, but not like it because I would be uncomfortable and spooked the whole time. Yeah. Playing horror games... Like I love horror movies, but playing horror games is a different thing entirely for me because I'm an active part of the madness. Mm-hmm. And it's hard... Because, like, one one video game critic on YouTube points out that in horror movies, the fun is watching the characters make the decisions of, like, going into the basement when they shouldn't go there. But when you're playing a video game, you're the one that has to go into that basement and you don't want to be in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which could be more terrifying for some people. It's one yeah. of those weird things. Um, I'm curious to hear your your experience with horror video games. Because I, I don't know much about you as a gamer as a whole. Uh, gaming as a whole has been a weird journey. I feel like I've played every possible game and gotten every possible genre. But like, kind of just stuck my hands a bit in there and then, you know in the candy jar and then got out and then hand <laughs> so handed another one it's all these different like Grand Theft Auto I mean Grand Theft Auto 5 I sound like it probably a broken record but Grand Theft Auto 5 is still my favorite game of all time it's, it's great it's cliched. Definitely but definitely great um I'm I'm really into real world games I'm not I'm not a big Halo fan never really got into yeah, that I, stuff yeah. fantasy stuff not my like the Skyrim stuff, like I, I think I can see where people really into no. it, but I can't, I can't get into RPGs and stuff like that because there are too many variables. I, I like, uh, I was a COD fan back in the day, played plenty of it, but uh, oh, a what fan? COD, Call of Duty. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Get with the times. <laughs> I misheard you. <laughs> no, I, uh, I was a big fan back in the day. I mean, the, the Modern Warfare two is the reason that I, I mean, that was like one of the big big, big influences in my gaming experiences. But also, like, uh, I mean, I used to play sports games a ton. I don't know. I, I don't know. That seems to get a bad rep, but I was into those. A lot of people like sports games, though. So. Yeah, there, it, that was my introduction, really, to games. I think i never got into like, I wasn't, like, a big Super Mario guy, but I loved playing Super Mario. Like, you know, right. so, like, a lot of people like, oh, I started off with Zelda and, you know, the GameCube yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. And I, I didn't do exactly. that. I, just, I was like, hey, if I can, I want to be able to be like those guys on, you know, the guys that are on the field, except I want to play it, right in my room. So right. yeah, there you go. But horror video games is a weird thing. With uh, with I'll take Slender for example. I find that kind of shit scary. I find, um, Slender's a really sc- Slender's like one of the only games I think that's actually like kind of terrified me, mm. just because like I feel so vulnerable in that game. I agree completely. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like. Horror games as a as a, whole, as a whole. Horror games as a whole. All right, yeah. Try saying that 300 times. <laughs> Horror games as a whole. Yeah, I know. You got it right. I'm just an idiot. Um, <laughs> but I just, there's something, it's very much in what you respect. I just, I, or what you said, I, I'm too focused on what, like, what am I doing? Really? Like, I, I'm too focused on getting the objectives done mm. that the whole scary experience doesn't really cross over me nearly as much. Mm-hmm. With the exception of, like I said, Slender. I haven't played Five Nights at Freddy's, um, which is why we tagging it at this point, because we're clickbait assholes. Well, we, we, we're talking about it. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about it, fairness. We could talk about like all five of them now, because they, they're crap. That cr- is something I do want to talk about. But anyway, uh, Slenderman, no, but sl- yeah, most of these games don't do much for me. There was that one game that came out last year or so, that it was like, choose your own adventure throughout the way. Like, you didn't actually really do much in the oh, game. Oh, Until just, Dawn. Yeah. That looked like it was kind of scary at points, but oh, yeah, uh, Brian was playing that. I want to see, I want to see more of that because that looks like, that looks like I you think are horror films are the perfect. The more this this indie kind of movement starts to develop, I'm more interested to see how they integrate that into what something I think could be very scary, which is a VR horror video game. That's what they're doing with Resident Evil Seven. So I think that could be really interesting yeah, absolutely. because I, I feel like. You have to be like they have you have to go to the extra mile to be very immersed in a horror video game mm. where I, I i mean I'm not scared of playing something on my computer screen nearly as much as if I'm like with the little headset over me and I feel like i'm really really there yeah that's true i'm a I'm a big pussy though when it comes to like actually playing the game though like mm. do you rem- do you remember p t the it was a it was a demo of sorts for the now-canceled Silent Hills. Ah, but it, yeah. But it's PT stands for Playable Teaser. Brian wanted me to play it, and I got, like, five steps into it, and I'm like, no. I I, I honestly, cannot. Too? It was not VR, but it was first-person cycling through, like, a, a loop of a corridor. I've seen, like, I've seen footage of it, and I'm like, no. I, I cannot be, like, an actual part of this. Yeah. Um... That is sounds, yeah, no, I, so I I, no, I definitely think that there's going to be a need to be a VR kind of, insulated. I think that will be a huge, that's kind of a huge gateway for independent horror games and horror games in general. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I really, I mean, i have to say saying on this one, I, I should be a bigger horror video game fan than I really am. But, no, I feel that. But, uh, I mean, time is, there's only so much time and. Yeah. Like we were just talking about, yeah, it, it feels like three just, weeks, it, three years ago that we did that. that. We started this podcast, and, and they, now it's over. Yeah, and it feels like five years ago. And it also, didn't help that there was that one week where we died and nothing yeah. got done. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> Jeez, that feels like a long being. Sick. That was yeah, that was because like God, even in these last these past two weeks, for me at least, so much shit has gone down. Oh yeah, it's it's crazy. It's like I've done everything. I, I've done the work of a fifty-year-old. Yeah. Just Business like between my work. between workload from school, work from my job, and my personal life, just, these past two weeks have just been a slog. Uh, it's just been. I, I I made a good point. Uh, I made a good point. I brought up a point. <laughs> I per, up, I think I made <laughs> a good point. <laughs> Stroke my own ego here. <laughs> I I woke up. I, I I I put the analogy of this when every time I wake up now, my what goes through my head is. What fucking bullshit do I have to put up with <laughs> right. what do I have to get through today? And there's so much shit. Yep. And oh my god, it's just it's painful. Um we just don't have time for horror video games with everything else that's happening. Right yeah, and now. if I feel like I'm if I'm doing a game or something, I feel like I'm definitely not utilizing my time effectively at all. Mm-hmm. So and I feel like I'm like wow I could be using this to further my career or my yeah exactly because especially since like in September at Goodwill I picked up a PS2 because it was the the console of my childhood that I actually never had I lived vicariously through my cousins and I picked I've picked up so many games for it already and I just I don't have the time to finish any of them now that I have all of them yeah but. We'll see. Maybe at some point. Maybe you need to listen to this show next. I've played every game, horror game ever. Ever. It's that's, highly unlikely. That but. is not possible. Yeah? We have to start with Texas Chainsaw Massacre on the Atari Atari 2600. The Friday the 13th game. Is that a thing? On on Nintendo. Well, the new one coming out or yeah. the one new on one. Nintendo? New oh, one. no, the new one. Yeah, that's the thing. It looks seen. fucking great. It looks fucking great. It. But my here's my thing. Th- this Friday the 13th game... Dead by Daylight and another game, I, I forget what it's called. Uh, I, I can't remember, but there's another game in development. They all have virtually the same gameplay elements. And that really worries me. That Like, oh, this is going to be the direction that multiplayer horror games take now. Where it's like, one guy is the killer and he can just basically wreck shit. And then the four people are... It's a, it, like it works perfectly for a uh, Friday the 13th game. I I don't want anything else from a Friday the 13th game. That's perfect. But if that's like cuz like that was announced and then Dead by Daylight came out, which is like the same thing. So obviously that was in development before Friday the 13th without my knowledge. And now there's this new one announced and all the gameplay mechanics that they're dis- they haven't released any gameplay for it and I can't remember what the title of it is. But all the gameplay mechanics they're discussing, it's the same shit as the Friday the 13th game and Dead by Daylight.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So if this is a, if this is the future for multiplayer horror, that's kind of bullshit. Make mo- something... I would make something more story-driven and, like, cooperative. Which, like, there is... Obviously, there's co-op between the survivors in these games, but I want something more story-driven then. Definitely. Um... Playing as Jason as a novelty, though, would be dope as fuck. Fun, yeah. So we were talking about this earlier, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, Hmm. and uh, it's kind of become a parody of itself at this point. Yeah, I think it's... And it's also just... It's because these games are so, like, simple in gameplay, they can churn them out faster than we can even keep up with. It's crazy. They've had five. When did the first one come out? I'm gonna look that up. Look that up, because I... I swear it only came out within the last two years or so. I, I'm pretty sure. I was either a junior or senior in high school. I think it was a junior, so that'd be 2014, 2013-ish. But three years, and they produced five games. It's ridiculous. And it's like a phenomenon now. Like First thing I see when I look it up, you got costumes from Target. You got merchandise. It's a, fucking, it's a bunch of furry shit. It's <laughs> Let's not start that, flame war. You <laughs> take furries on this now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> It's a phenomenon. August eighth, twenty fourteen, it was released on Windows. That's crazy. The sequels let's see if I can find the sequels. Okay, sequels. Yeah, exactly. They were coming out within months of each other. The second one came out november tenth, twenty fourteen. Jesus. Third one came out march second, twenty fifteen. Fourth one, july twenty third, twenty fifteen. And then all oh, the the this uh Five Nights of Freddy's Sister Location came out. October seventh of this year, so that's the longest we've gone. But that is ridiculous. I mean, in a way, it's not because, like I said, the gameplay they they'll change. Like that's what's kind of bullshit about those sequels is because it's like they'll add one new thing to the gameplay, but you're still like flipping through monitors. Yep, and it's it's that's a cool concept, and it's definitely definitely freaky, um, for one game. For one game, and like all the people that are talking about, oh, this is so revolutionary! I've never seen anything like that. You go back to Night Trap in the mid '90s; it was the same exact thing. You flip through monitors and try to prevent shit through, from it from happening. It's not a revolutionary game, exact per se. If, but it's just all of a sudden it became this weird phenomenon, and I don't know. I think it's also because it hasn't. Have you, have you watched like the game theory behind it? Not exactly. What is the game theory? Explain this to me. Okay, so well uh it's been a while since I've watched the game theory video on it. There is like there's a whole analysis on the story behind like the pizza place and the the puppets and like who you are. And I'm not gonna try and summarize it because there's a lot uh there's a well there's a lot of shit between all the games that I don't that I just don't remember. I can't keep it all straight. Find just YouTube search game theory Five Nights at Freddy's. There's like two or three videos. They're they're fascinating because if this is an actual constructed lore that you can piece together just by like hidden clues within the game, that's that's good game making, and that's what that's what I think the phenomenon is based around. Then, mm-hmm, for sure. just the mystery and like. What's gonna happen? It's a really interesting mystery, especially like because I'm one of those guys that gets spooked by conspiracy theories. I am too. It's really kind of sp- spooky to just like have this guy give you a theory, but it's like unfolding in front of you and just like figuring out more and more. And it's like, ugh, it's Ooh. like if that's if that's Ooh. and exactly if that's what the uh, if that's what the developer had in mind then he's one brilliant motherfucker and sure keep keep getting the money you're getting for these games and merch but if at this point he's just doing it cuz like ah, they're going to buy another one of these no matter what so yeah. it's then it's like fuck you we don't yeah. really need another one yeah. especially if you're going to change one gameplay mechanic yeah um all right we'll take a quick break here um and we're going to come back and we're going to do the big unveiling here about our favorite horror films. I know Matt's going to have a relatively different list, but we'll see what, how it goes. Relatively out. different list, but a lot of them you will know. Because yes. of just what I've talked about between this and Movie Madness, you'll probably know. <laughs> His favorite horror movie is Friday the 13th, Part S- 7. Stay tuned. And we're back here. Woo! <laughs> I think I peaked. <laughs> just a bit. Uh, we're here at the Monsters of Midnight podcast, and this is it, folks. This is the last that you will hear of us for right now. We're assuming this will be the last time you hear us until next October. Or Christmas. Or Christmas. I don't fucking know anymore. Um, the Monsters of Midnight. <laughs> or last Christmas. time ever. We'll just, We'd like, just never walk the earth after this. <laughs> we're retiring. We made enough money off this. We made 20 cents. <laughs> Um... How come I haven't gotten the cut of this 20 cents? Uh... So... I want my dime. Uh, we're saving... You'll get your dime when you take out this damn laundry! (laughs) What the What? I I fucked up the line from Spider-Man 3. Oh, it's... You get your damn rent when you fix this damn door! Oh. Um... You haven't seen that movie, because you're a failure. Uh, <laughs> oh sure. yeah, I'm missing out on Spider-Man three, yeah. the one that has like a fifty percent approval rating from everyone. Shut up! You <laughs> watched Friday the Thirteenth. Okay. Ah, shut up! It's better. <laughs> it's probably not, but okay. Hey, okay. hey, Fast and Furious. Shut up. We perfect. all we all have our guilty pleasures, okay? Except some guilty pleasures are very guilty. <laughs> yeah, S- Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch dropped it finally. <laughs> you're, f- you're fired. Um, Okay, you are fired. We say Aren't we relevant? That joke's never gonna go out. So that joke is out of style. You fired. I feel like most people now probably forget that that was actually like a catchphrase he had. You fired. You fired. Remember when you he? had one fucking the okay. I'm not gonna do a whole political thing, but there was this one to comment on one of these like anti-Trump ads that was like really stupid. It, like tried to make the announcement. Like, do we really want someone to have nuclear weapons? That goes, you're fired. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Is that your? Is that one of your arguments? Oh my god! It gave me the. It was the biggest cringe fest. That's awful. Um, it's like, oh, I couldn't. the thing is, I don't honestly think they were trying to be funny. I think it was like a little legitimate, serious, like poke at him. No, because fucking Donald Trump. It's not even like like Clinton and Trump. Like. I coming from a guy who has no political affiliation whatsoever picking on either of these candidates is like picking on someone with down syndrome at this point they have made such fools of themselves are so mocked endlessly by everything and everyone and everything that they do it's 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 like it's it's like adding that it's sad. It's, like, sad it's like adding just more to a fucking heap already it's like when you're in your room and like your room is a clusterfuck of clothes and garbage and used condoms and you throw like one more tissue on the pile and you're like well that changed a whole lot that changed the whole spectrum yeah, of how i see yeah. things but uh no i just think it's ridiculous at this point but um anyway let's get off political stuff because that's what we're here for you know everyone us talk politics. <laughs> Yeah, the real show. horrors of real life. Uh, <laughs> the real horrors of... Not horrors, because that's kind of what I said. Uh, <laughs> horror. <laughs> horror. <laughs> um, you gotta really enunciate it. the art. Jesus. <laughs> I think Bear's Is there already. a football game on or something that they're watching? Bear's probably just yelling at a fucking blank screen at <laughs> this hey, point. fuck you, man. Fuck! <laughs> hey, fuck you, man! Oh. Tony Montana speaking Hold mad on. mad words. Now that, <laughs> stop it. Stop it. We're about to fucking kill ourselves. Okay. Um it's <laughs> not true. Uh so we saved the best for last year. Always. Finally got to the goddamn point. Delay we saved the best for last year. Uh we're gonna be ranking uh our top ten favorite horror films of all time. And Matt, top I would say my list has changed. I, don't, I only know like your top like one. If I'm being I, real. And I don't even know my We're top. we're doing top ten, you said. Top ten. Okay. You want we will me. start we'll talk about good horror films and some of the standouts. We'll kinda of do a summary and then we'll break into uh we'll break into the lists. Okay. Throw some films out there for me, Maddie. Um like in general? Yeah, in general. Good horror films. Good horror films. Stuff that's on my list. Just some standout <laughs> films. <here. laughs> standout films. Um, I'm trying not to get to the, to the big old prize, right? Yeah, yeah that's bad. no one's fair. Um, standout horror movies. I don't know why I'm bobbing my head like Stevie Wonder, not like you can see it, but standout horror movies are obviously "Don't Breathe." Um, um, shut your fucking mouth. A uh, standout horror movies of ever. You got to start with the classics. Silent classics. You yeah, got Nasratu, D- Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, <laughs> and then Halloween. <laughs> and that's it. Those are the only horror movies you need to see. No, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. And this has been Monster yeah, Thanks for oh, tuning in. Uh, play me off ball. I don't know. If, wow, this is. <laughs> play a- me up, Johnny. <laughs> this is a cluster. All right, continue. Um, no, <laughs> Cabinet of Dr. Caligari is great. Great German expressionist horror film with a good psychological edge to it. Very influential to a lot of movies. Then you got to move on to Frankie, Dracula, The Wolfman, all your universal classics. And their pseudo-remake revivals from Hammer, the British horror film company that did uh, horror film and uh, sci-fi films, still do to this day. Their last feat that I know of was probably either The Woman in Black or The Woman in Black 2. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, no, those are the gold standards of horror films. Then you get into like the the atomic bomb age of America, where all of a sudden it was about like the bomb and shit, science going wrong, and you get movies like The Blob and uh, The Thing from Another That's World. The worst movie ever. I continue. Um, Blob is like <laughs> like kind of not good. I blob? know, like I'm in the minority. Have you seen The Blob? I think I don't know if I've seen it all the way through, but I've seen enough to like. It's f- bad. It's like has doesn't age well at all. Oh, it's horribly aged. I'm, but it's still entertaining. Um, really curious to see the 1980s remake of it. I haven't seen it, but I've only seen that original. It was on Criterion. The Blob? The original? Yeah. I didn't know that. It was on Criterion. It's called. It's it's a relatively like. I keep knocking this. Relatively like staple of American pop culture. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know those are your standards, your gold standards kind of of horror films. It's when you get into the 60s that when like when Hollywood got darker and then you get the movies that we all know and love and have discussed and probably will discuss in our lists up here. If you want to start, if you want to look at horror at its roots though, you got to start with The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari for sure. Nosferatu is pretty good too, although I'm not as big of a fan. But you got to start with those Universal monster movies. Yeah, that's where the monster mash the, Yeah, the Universal monster mash. Da 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 da. I don't have a trick. Oh damn on it! Here. All right, <laughs> play me out, Johnny. Well, uh, play me out. I'm not even. I'm just allowing it to happen at this okay. point. Yeah, he has no control.
0: No, you're um, fired. Okay, you fired.
1: Fuck! What? <laughs> what have we done? Okay. Um... So I guess we'll do this in a weird way I'm gonna go 10, my 10 You're gonna go do your 10 We're gonna just alternate Sounds great I'll start with my number 10 horror movie At number 10 I have Should be man fucking physical copy of this thing oh. <laughs> Number 10 I have Anticipation building you even know? No. I don't know if it counts. What is it? Zombie Land? I, I don't know if that counts. So one of my, one of my, okay, entire list. Should, of, your, my list is going to be really loose in terms of what horror okay. is. My Zombie Land is one of my favorite all-time movies. And, but in terms of like, if I'm putting it into an actual category, it's so one of my favorite horror movies because I think it's less of a horror movie, more of a comedy. Yeah. But that movie just is. I've watched it so many goddamn times I can't even count. Zombieland is friggin' great. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's it's an homage in a lot of ways, but also is very like different. And it's an homage to the zombie film, but takes it in a completely different direction in terms of and makes it more of a comedy. Yeah, obviously a comedy. Um, That's post Shaun of the Dead. right? Post Shaun of the Dead. Um, I have, even that's not even like the first zombie comedy. You can argue that like Night of the Creeps and Return of the yeah. Living Dead did the same thing in the '80s. But I like Zombieland a lot. It's higher on my list. It's probably my top twenty, top thirty favorite movies of all time. But it's it's it, in my my horror movies. It's at number ten. So I'll turn it over then, to Matt. What is your number ten favorite horror film? Don't play the drum roll just yet, because I want to preface this by saying my top ten has some sequels in it and just for variety's sake I'm going to ixnay on the sequels okay and then just bring down the next two movies so Dawn of the Dead and the original Evil Dead get honorable mentions okay so my 10th favorite horror film is in fact the 90s renaissance for the genre Scream and, there, there, there's, and like you said like, you can argue is it a comedy is it a horror is it, it's both It's and it's a great time uh, you want to see like you want to see parody where it's subtle well not even like not subtle per se but parody where it's integrated more into the plot whereas like Mel Brooks is like parody of like pl- like just like you take the idea of Star Wars and parody it and that's balls, and there's like some other things from sci-fi that's parodied Scream is brilliant in its execution for parodying parodying the genre of horror as a whole while still being a well-thought-out and really fun slasher movie. Great characters. A great, super fucking iconic mask at this point. Scream, if you haven't seen Scream, do it. Perfect. My number nine... Is the 2004 indie horror film Saw? Do you want to no. play a game? Game over. It's uh, it's one of my first horror films I ever saw, and ding, it ding. stuck with ding, me. Ding, ding, ding. I wish I had that song. <laughs> um, it's it's a phenomenal film in a lot of ways. In terms of a horror film, you can have there's plenty of flaws with it, obviously. In terms of more technical aspects of the film, and you know, acting and. ...and all that stuff, but as a as an experience... ...it still holds up very well... ...and I still have a great time with it... ...and uh, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't on this list... ...so, number nine is Saw... ...turn it over to Matt for his number nine! Alright, my number nine will probably upset Graham... ...and upset some other people... ...because it's more of a debate over whether it's a horror movie or not... ...I'm saying it is... ...my number nine spot... ...is a blend of the horrors of real life... ...and the horrors of the supernatural... Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino's joint effort from Dusk till Dawn. Love the movie. Great movie. Uh this is where it's I don't know why you were frustrated. Why do you think I'd be frustrated over that? I don't know. Just thought just thought you'd be finicky. <laughs> perfect. I don't know. You used to be because I had it placed higher than Sinister on my list. It's perfect. <laughs> but no, um From Dust Till Dawn is great. Uh I feel bad spoiling it. But it's it's an old movie, and so many people know the twist at this point anyway. And it's not even really a twist; it's more like a plot digression entirely. Uh, halfway through the movie, it becomes about vampires, yep. and it's fucking awesome. Great. <laughs> both parts are all, both the beginning half and the second half are great. Great characters, great quotable lines. Just it's Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez rocking the absolute hell out of it, and George Clooney is a lot of fun in it too. It is. One of my favorite movies, one of my favorite horror films, a great midnight movie, a great movie to surprise your friends with if they don't know the twist, or it's a fr- movie that will ruin that friendship because you fuck them over, giving them a movie that's well, all of a sudden about vampires. but no, from Les Dawn, number nine. Number eight for me. This is one of the most classic films of all time. You want to go swimming? How <laughs> about your leg? Bitten off by a goddamn shark! It's Jaws, Steven Spielberg's Jaws. Is it bad that I I was like totally lost when you say I you want to go swimming? No idea how I'm to get like, into that one. Oh in. fuck! What movie is this? Shark Night Three. Okay, um, no, um, Sharknado. I no Jaws is it's one of my it's of my top seven favorite movies of all time. But in terms, of, like I said, a horror film, it's not quite higher on that list. It's a it's a fucking perfect movie in so many ways. Um. It's, like, the ultimate, it's the ultimate, like, um, example of structure in a film, in terms of, like, mm-hmm. you're your set up, you have the conflict and the climax, it's a very, very good example of that. It gets, I mean, I wouldn't, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little hesitant to go in the water, or at least in the ocean more, after seeing that film. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's just almost a, it's almost, it's, it's a perfect movie, um, mm-hmm. So number number seven for me, or number eight, right? Yeah, number eight is uh, is old Jaws. Yeah, number eight for Matt. Number eight is one of the quintessential horror remakes done flawlessly. That is John Carpenter's The Thing. The Thing, hey, <laughs> the thing is as perfect to, of a horror horror movie sci fi blend that you can get. Again, great I love horror movies that have great and relatable characters. Kurt Russell kicking ass as always. Some of the absolute best practical special effects you will ever see and some legitimately legitimately terrifying moments and ideas of dating back to like invasion of the body snatchers. Who can you really trust? Mm-hmm. The thing is an absolute classic if you are looking into doing special effects as your thing for making movies And you have not seen the thing Get on that shit Especially with the Scream Factory Blu-ray release Get on that shit Yeah. Um, Alright Number 7 on my list holding out, holding out This is what happens when you don't make a physical copy of your list <laughs> I'm trying to organize Where I was going with this This is going to be really a big shocker And I don't think a lot of people are going to ever see this coming Number seven is the 2011 remake of Straw Dogs. I did not see that coming at all. Oh, I didn't either. Have you seen the original? Nope. Okay. I'm just kidding. I've seen it. I don't like it nearly as much. And I know Charlie... It's Dustin Hoffman. Charlie Arpin will probably kill me, but <laughs> I think the remake is really underrated. Is it Dustin Hoffman in the original? Yep. That's Dustin James Marsden, though, in this one... I personally think it's better. I don't. I know I'm probably in the very, very big minority there, um, but I thought it was. It's very compelling. You have like some of the most detestable villains ever. Um, it's more of a thriller, I would say. But I would be lying if I said I didn't break it out out around Halloween time. So number seven is the 2011 remake of Straw Dogs. There's only two remakes on here. Matt knows the other one, but. This oh one, yeah. yeah, I know this one. one is number is number is number seven on my list. Um, I haven't seen it in so long, and I gotta get back on that. Um, and number six is gonna be a big shocker to you. So, anyway, Matt, go. Alrighty, here's, here's Matt's number seven. This is my number seven again. Another controversial clusterfuck of genres, but at the end of the day, I think it holds true. As an American horror story, and that is American Psycho. <laughs> yeah, the band had a little bit of a problem. <laughs> no, American Psycho is darkly funny, darkly, deeply psychological and twisted, and a great fucking time. One of the funniest black comedies I've ever seen. The social satire in that film is so pitch perfect. That, like, it, honestly, I didn't get it until I watched it a second time, and that's when I thought that it was brilliant and hilarious. First time I watched it, I was like, huh, that was a movie. <laughs> Damn, this movie is really good and has some genuinely, like, disturbing, like, gross horror m- moments in it. Christian Bale, my favorite performance by him as the psychotic Wall Street suit patrick bateman Uh, excellent setting of the late late 80s wall street it's just a really great idea and one of the few examples uh, like i think it's better than the novel that it's based off of i've read the novel i've read most of it i've read like about like till the end of it where i was just kind of sick of it because the novel's very structured first of all the novel graphically and sexual is graphic both in violence and sex and it's kind of it kind of, actually I don't sque- I don't get squeamish but it made me really uncomfortable a lot just through like the viscera of the detail and it's very it's a very structured novel to a fault where it's like oh i went to work oh we're going to review some music oh i took home a hooker oh i killed some people and then i went to work again and so on the movie takes elements from the novel and strings it into a, for better or worse, no spoilers, cohesive narrative. Check out American Psycho. Um, all right, so then my number six. This film is very, very, very underrated, and people should see it more than they have. Wow, I'm so bad at intros. I'm the host of this goddamn show. Well, we try. It is the 2011... I don't even remember when it came out. 2010, 2011. Give me a goddamn break. Film, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. One of the most funny films I've ever seen. And it's so underrated. Like, I don't that really know. Great. I don't know a lot of people that have actually seen that movie. Um, besides Austin and a few friends back home. Um, it's so good. It's so good. It does lose steam at the end, but mo- like I'd say three-fourths of the movie is like a perfect comedy. And a 2010. Perfect, 2010, that's what I thought. Okay. Um, it's so good. um, So good, so good. Uh, Yeah, like I said, it does lose steam, but if you are looking at the horror parodies, look past, stick with Scream, but look past Scary Movie and all that other horse shit mm. and go to Tucker and Dale. That is like the best possible homage slash parody I've ever seen. So number six for me is Tucker and Dale versus Evil Met. Number six for me is actually a movie I was pleasantly uh, surprised to come home to last night and find my roommates watching. The gateway drug that got me into the genre, George A. Romero's revolutionary classic, Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead is phenomenal on so many levels. Just the, the sheer fact, again, like, characters that work well in an environment that is desperate and impossible, and the social commentary about how humanity thrives under pressure is really brilliant. And The only exception is the character of Barbara is horribly written and horribly dated, but um, the fact that they casted a, a black male lead changed none of the script, didn't, didn't talk about civil rights, Martin Luther King, anything. Makes it all the more timeless and all the more important to the genre as a whole. Not to mention that we wouldn't have zombies without this movie. We, or we wouldn't have mainstream zombies we wouldn't have zombie, without this Rob movie. Zombie. We wouldn't have Rob Zombie without Probably wouldn't, come to think of it. <laughs> but we wouldn't have zombies like slow moving, cannibalistic, walking dead zombies as we know without this movie. Yes. If you, if you can get bu- past the kind of low budget look to it, it is, and it's not even that low budgety looking. The actors are super talented, and it works well in the environment it presents itself with. And the makeup effects are memorable and detailed and cool. You gotta check this one out. Hmm. All right. Yep, yep, yep. I apologize, it's been a long day. It's probably the, and I just wanna say, it's probably the turning point between, like, classic horror cinema and then, like, cinema of the like, the late later half of the 20th century. For sure, for sure. Um, all right, so my number five, numero five is... One Matt already had on his list. Number five is... Scream. There we go. Scream, the Wes Craven film. He's, he's, he's a perfect human being. I don't know. Um, R.I.P. in peace. Uh, Wes West Craven's Scream is, is, is a... a Fantastic film. It holds up so well, um, despite the fact it is kind of like, like it's very much a product of the '90s. But yeah, but you, that's also kind of the charm of it too. Yeah, but at this yeah works. It's not one of those movies you're like, ah it's so dated. It's like, ah, yeah, it's kind of dated, but it's still also very relevant to, for now. Well, it's not, it's not like the Matrix where they're like listening to grunge and like, yeah, it's like, uh, but, um, all wearing I, black and leather and Scream is one of those movies I could watch any day of the goddamn week. It's like one of those movies where it's like, it's, you turn your brain off and just enjoy the ride while it lasts. Um, this film is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's, it's so great. uh, not much else to say about it, so that's my number five is Scream. Number five for Matt. Shit, I gotta space. You're fired! Oh, obviously, if we're talking about revolutionary horror, nothing is probably more revolutionary than the 1960 classic. Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Psycho. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. having a hard time. Psycho is... Fuck, there's nothing... I can't even say anything more about Psycho. If you haven't seen it, you gotta see it. It's perfect on basically every damn level. One of the most iconic horror movies ever. One of the most revolutionary. You have got to see Psycho. Number four... For me... Numero 4 is another Wes Craven film. Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, I personally have always said Michael and Freddy are the perfect slashers, while Jason is just the, the, the one that lingers beyond yeah, them. Jason's the the, the the black sheep. Yeah. Um, I think this movie is, is dated, yes, and I've watched it recently. And it's, yeah, it's really dated, but... It's still got some of the most iconic horror film moments ever. The whole idea of your dreams and how vulnerable you can be in your dreams is so. It's. It, I mean, it's been said before. It's so prevalent in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert Englund doing an amazing job. Um, I think it's 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 still great. Everybody, what everything that has been said about this film, I would probably say the same thing about it. So, um, yeah, number four for me is Nightmare on Elm Street. Ah. You're not going to believe this, but number four for me is also a Nightmare on Elm Street. All right, number, moving on. Number three for me. No, I'm just <laughs> no, uh, the, you hit the, all the nails are right on the head. Only thing I can say more is that uh, Johnny Depp is pretty dope in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street, check it. It's a great time. I just realized I fucked up my list, but we're going to get. We'll, we'll ignore that for now. <laughs> Don't um, fall asleep. I'm going to make a substitution here. Oh, yeah. And we're going to rotate some things. So I'm going to redo my top five for you. And I hope this doesn't fuck everything up here. Okay. But number five for me, this is why I do, should I done a fucking physical copy? You're fine. Number five for me is Nightmare on the Street. We're taking straw dogs out of it. I love straw dogs, but it's, it's an honorable mention. Everything it everything to the down of one slot. Number five for me is Nightmare on Elm Street. Number four for me, I'll do the drum roll, I guess. Is <laughs> the original one. The one that's very fucking revolutionary. Hmm. Halloween. Yeah. John Carpenter's Ritual Halloween. Now now, now this will be higher on Matt's list. I won't spoil it for you, but I know exactly where this one says. <laughs> Halloween to me is 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 also a perfect horror film. All the top five for me are just perfect horror films for me at least. I mm. don't know. Some people disagree with some of my my future ones that are coming up here. Um, they are a great fucking movie. It's a great fucking movie. It's it's the one that's. I mean, literally, like we wouldn't have all the the modern day horror movies. I, I'm I'm fairly confident we wouldn't have the especially the indie horror films you see on Netflix. That oh, no, 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 no. Absolutely. Um. So I think it, it's. Matt will do a way better job of describing this film to you guys than, and, and I will just say right now, whatever he says is pretty much what I echo. Um, but number four for me is Halloween. All right. Now you got to do number three now. Number three, okay. Number three for me is the one, the only 2006 remake of the hills of eyes. I didn't realize it was going to be this high on your I list. I know. I know. I know. It's it's really bizarre. I'm such a weird person when it comes to horror films. And I will say this right now. This is a very loose order. And the reason I say that is because I love every single one of these. But I'm I'm going off the basis that if someone like literally was like... I will kill you, or you have to reveal. That's always your you go-to examples. Like someone came up, with, up to me with a gun, put it to my head. Like, what what situation would you be in? Yeah, eh, like- you never know. But let's just suppose in this alternate reality that was the case. This would be what I'd have to put as my order. But I love. I think all of these are so like equally loved by me. It's it's really hard to put these in in, in exact order. But number three for, or number three for me is the Hell's Advisor Remake. Look, this is one of the few examples where a remake is just takes the concept of the original and just makes it better and updates it and makes it look like... The original Close of Eyes is really fucking dated. And, yeah. And, and um, it's rough. It's not... I wouldn't say a very good movie. And I think a lot of people actually... I won't speak for the entire internet, but I'd say a lot of people actually are starting as time has gone on and started to actually hold the r- remake in a higher standard. Mm. Um, It's one of those... Another movie like Scream. I could watch this movie any goddamn day. It's got one of the best protagonists in a horror film Ever. Or thriller ever, whatever you want to call it, it's more it's more horror than it is thriller. Um, Aaron Stanford's uh, uh, Doug is is like you root for him. He's like one of the just it, it's crazy. It's like you're with him this entire journey, and you feel bad for him, and you want him to win. And there's very few horror films I can say that that do that um, do that effectively. So very unconventional list, like I said, but that if if I had to, these are my my level of enjoyment. Um, so number three is the Hills of Eyes remake, Matt. Number three is, uh, what I consider to be a modern classic and something I'm sure I've talked about either on this stream or Monsters and Madness before or month. <laughs> movies. I think this one Movie I, Madness. This is the one I think that this is, this is a honorable mention for me as well. It is 2014 slash 15. I think it's fifteen. Actually, yeah. 2015's uh, It follows. Yep, this is honorable. this is the one. So honorable. Actually, I think it me. was twenty fourteen. I think it came out like late twenty fourteen. Yeah, but uh, no, it follows is dope as fuck, man. The soundtrack, the pacing, the cinematography, the idea is—it's w- so John Carpenter. It's so John Carpenter, but also the idea. When you explain the idea like, oh, it's a sexually transmitted stalker, you're like, what the fuck is this movie? But the way it's executed is near perfection. There are a few things here and there that I rewatched, and I'm like, that doesn't really add up in terms of the story. But in execution, the, the idea of being stalked so menacingly is never more terrifying to me. And that's an idea that just rattles me to the core the idea of being stalked and watched is terrifying to me. And it follows capitalizes it on it and is it's just it's really fucking good. <laughs> it's just, that's all I have to say. Uh all right, yeah, no, I I, I like I said that movie is oh, it's so good. It gets better. Uh, I've seen it twice now. It gets better every time. I've seen it a lot actually, just from like when I first saw it last summer, I've seen it a lot already. Yeah. Um all right. Number two for me Number two for me is 2012. Sinister. You gotta do it. Mm. Um, I mean, so very underrated. Actually, I think more than I thought because I know a lot of people back home where I've seen it have not or have seen it. But it's not like if you get a look at lists, like it's not there a lot. Mm. And people like like of modern horror films that are talked about, it's not there a lot. It's such an interesting story a good protagonist, some utterly just, like, terrifying moments. I know Matt doesn't think it has a soundtrack, but... uh... Well, no, I I it doesn't have a score. It has a soundtrack, a track of sounds (laughs) that enhance ambience. It's 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 more just a horror ambience. It's like it's an industrial soundtrack. It's not a score, is what I said. (laughs) Um, But, I don't know, I've seen this movie... It succeeds at what it's trying to do, though. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen this movie goddamn near probably 50 times, and I'll probably see it again. Uh, I haven't seen it in a while, but yeah, it, what else is there to say about it? It's great. Uh, so number two for me is Sinister. Number two for Matt. Number two is the Groovalicious classic horror comedy forward slash quasi-remake forward slash sequel, but perfect in every way. Nothing wrong with it. Evil Dead 2. I've talked about this one to death, too. Everything I love about Sam Raimi's cinematography is just pushed to the nth degree. Bruce Campbell is phenomenal, doing some great horror horror action elements and physical slapstick humor, balancing the line. Uh, great, just great fucking moments strung together by a goofy-as-hell cabin-in-the-woods story that is just so engaging and so likable. It has my favorite scene in any movie ever, and that's when all the furniture in the cabin s- starts to laugh. My favorite scene is—it's—I don't know—it just it tickles me pink. It's great, Evil Dead Two, and it's a great—it's cl- a great movie to watch this time of year because like with like, it's—it's just—it's a cabin in the woods kind of spooky haunted house kind of story, but it's lighter than like the remake and the original, but it's not. Army of Darkness where it's totally devoid of horror. Yeah. There's some horror elements in Army of Darkness, like with the skeletons and the graveyard and stuff, but I would call that one a comedy before everything else. A comedy and adventure. I would go comedy, adventure, and then maybe horror and for Army of Darkness. Whereas in Army of in Evil Dead Two, I would go to I would go horror, comedy, and then adventure. But Evil Dead Two. Groovy. Number one for me is Fuck it, Blur Witch Project, Saber Screepers. Yeah, Jesus. Um, Blair Witch Project to me is is one of the most revolutionary horror films of all time. Um, and if you don't if you don't think that, then you're just not a fan of the genre. I mean, you're just not paying attention to the, the history of film, and, mm. and really, I mean, it's you not even revolutionary in just horror film sense. I mean, it's revolutionary in film marketing and film in general. It's, uh, for low budget independent filmmaking. Yeah, it's, it's so. The concept of it, I will say it's a little more diluted now after seeing the sequel, but not significantly. I still hold it. Um, so, I don't know. It's the movie that almost, I wouldn't almost call it that. This isn't Stand By Me or the two films that made me want to make movies. So, hmm. um, I did not know that about you. I knew that about Blair Witch. I didn't know that about Stand By Me. Well, no. Stand By Me was like my favorite movie ever. Right. But, so. um, but, okay, so that's my number one Blair Witch. Number one for Matt, I think, it's a given. But we'll play it now. Nah, Jeepers no. Creepers. What? <laughs> oh, shit. No one saw that coming. Justin Long's breakout role. I fucking know. Play the drum roll. <laughs> I can't even... You all know what it is. You already know my favorite director. My favorite horror movie is from said director, and that is John Carpenter's Halloween. Wallaheen. Wallaheen. Rob Zombies. No. John Carpenter's Halloween. I said it on the last, when we ranked the the sequels, ranked the franchise. That was two episodes ago already. I said I said it then. I'll say it again. Brilliant in its simplicity and execution. One of the single most terrifying horror movie villains to ever grace the screen. Brilliant performance by Donald Pleasence. Great breakout role for Jamie Lee Curtis. Memorable characters. Memorable moments. A score so beautifully haunting that I just... It's probably my favorite horror movie soundtrack. Score. Whatever, if you want to be finicky like me. It's just... And the... The primo movie to watch during this wonderful season. Christmas is better, but that's right. to each their own. <laughs> I just don't like being happy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that, that was funnier than it should have been. <laughs> um, all right. That is our number, our top ten horror films of all time. I had to make of course readjustments for mine, but uh, that's we get. We don't really yeah, think got so. It through. Like uh, I said, Dawn, Dawn of the Dead. And the Evil Dead, are, like the original Evil Dead, are usually in my top ten. But for variety's sake, I took them out. Um, it mentions. It follows Straw Dogs. Uh, which thing is it from Dust Till Dawn? Um, okay. Well, it come to that time, folks. It's come to that point where we have to say goodbye. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone who started this show, basically Matt and I. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to thank all of you, the listeners. You guys brought us to the front page. of If you are out there tonight and then you come home and you're listening to us, you're the ones that make all this possible. If you're out there tonight as we speak, play it safe. Don't take any candy with razor blades in it. Don't get shit-faced and drive. Be smart. Even if you're, like, not a little kid, it's still be smart on Halloween. Yeah. With killer clowns from Not uh, Outer Space. Say, uh... <laughs> Uh, Garrett's in here now. It's I think it's that time. Um, it's, all right. What does that even mean? I don't <laughs> know. Garrett's here. Fuck, it's that time. And Mike. Fuck, Mike. It's oh, really? That's really that time. Um, like I said, thank you everyone who's made this show possible. And uh, and uh, he still. I, I, this is hard to get through. Don't now. pay attention to them. Pay, uh, but pay that's attention. the thing. Pay attention to being. our wonderful, our wonderful human audience that's listening as we speak. <laughs> Oh my God! That was fucked. Um, no, I, I There's like a I I, 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 one more time. Shit happening. Thank in you this. to m- you, Mr. Schaefer, and all your wonderful commentaries on horror films. My pleasure. Um, we'll be back soon. I, well, I we'll be back with other podcasts. Yeah, you'll, you're gonna hear us anyway. We're not going anywhere. But uh, Monster Midnight, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Graham Zima. and I'm Matt Schaefer, and thank you very much. We'll see yeah. Next
0: time. Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. It's peak season for asparagus, which pairs perfectly with a light and crisp rosé. Many bottles of champagne and sparkling wines are perfect for adult Easter baskets. And they're really cute, too.
1: My perfect brunch? Belgian waffles with extra whipped cream and a holiday pour of
0: your sweetest rosé. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection this spring at Total Wine & More. Cheers! Hi, Fashion Hotline. Hi, this Easter I'm on the hunt. For eggs? For new styles, my family can wear to brunch. Get to Old Navy! Old Navy? Yep, right now. Get a huge 50% off your entire purchase in store. Everything you need, like dresses, polos, and shorts, is 50% off. 50% off? You must be hiding something. Dresses start at just $12 for women, $10 for girls. But Easter's just three days away. Then hop to it. It's in stores only. Don't tell the Easter bunny. Hurry in for 50% off your entire purchase in stores only. Now at Old Navy. Valid 18 to 420 in stores only. Excludes in store clearance, gift cards, register lane items, jewelry today, only and day only deals.